you're listening to another episode of the Shop Talk Show. I'm Dave Rupert. With me is Chris Coyer. Hey, Chris, how's it going? Know what you did there. I know it because I, I still think of it sometimes. I've never actually watched the video, but you told me one time that you watched this video of this kid who somehow puts R's into words. Yeah. He goes, Grenade or whatever. Grenade, Chris. <laughs> And I, I, I still think about how I'm driving around sometimes, like, who's that cl- weird and clever? Apparently, this kid. Well, and if there's somebody cuts you off, you go, bad drive. <laughs> <laughs> That's uh, great. I, I hit my kids with it sometimes. They have no idea, but it's not safe for children. But, you know, hey, hit my kids with it. Good job. Yeah. I need. I also think of, like, God, I need to need to listen to it because I might sometimes get a little stodgy with the stuff I listen to, you know, same old YouTube channels. Need to need to spice it up. Oh man, if you need old Dave Rupert to wreck your algorithm, that's to be like a service I provide. Uh-huh. It's just I feed you links to just obliterate your algorithm. Dave. Oh that, man. I could do I, it. I'll take I'll take three links. I think I've like blown up uh my algorithm so much it's like it doesn't even know what to recommend me anymore it's just like does he like woodworking or uh water slides he this guy loves water slides like mm. no man this there was one cool one in indonesia and i watched the whole like two mile water slide so that's what i yeah, do so th- those make pretty epic instagrams as well those like bougie really wide long ones that are like we cut down ten thousand trees oh we didn't tell you that part but yeah, we, we did, did. <laughs> yeah. it's a resort it, we cleared a rainforest just for a water slide pretty good trade you know yeah <laughs> Yeah, I could use it. You know, sometimes I get mad at the algorithm when it doesn't give me what it has been giving me. Like I Mm. I want consistency out of it. For example, this is so boring. I've probably brought it up before, but I still still watch this one called Cracking the Cryptic where they just solve Sudoku puzzles, essentially. I watched him the other day. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, and I, but I'm really consistent about it. Like I, when I lay down to bed, I open up YouTube and it better as hell have a Cracking Cryptic algorithm one at the top because that's obviously what I'm looking for. Don't make me look for it. You know? Yeah. He once in a while, right it's not there. Sleep. It just, oh yeah, boom. I'm a goner. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. But. So all of them are are like 50% or less listened to because they tend to be over an hour-ish, which is pretty long for YouTube. But I like, you know, I'm, I convince myself that I'm like almost like learning and because it's all, that's all logic-based, you know? So if you can follow along with the logic, I feel like it's, brain training in a way i love how excited he gets he's like oh oh that's oh that's very clever oh yeah i could put an eight and a six and th- that cancels the two and the nine and then I, you know like it's just it's um it's endearing it's wholesome mm-hmm. he has his own little language and stuff too it's not as clever as grenade but it's yeah. good british too a, which uh, helps I think I was telling you before the show, I watched it. Adam Savage tested is his new thing after Mythbusters, but he okay. he rearranged his whole workshop. He he if you've watched any of his videos after Mythbusters or during Mythbusters, his workshop is just filled to the brim with crap, like monster costumes, models of X-Wings, like a whole R2-D2, like a cabinet full of lightsabers, uh, you know, tools. He has two wood lays and metal lays. And, you know, he's got all this uh, junk in his, in his uh, like workshop. And so he, he, and he talked himself into a situation where 
ILM, like industrial light and magic was good, getting rid of these big storage units for like modeling materials that they use to like build the Death Star or Boba Fett or whatever. Right. Mm. And he's like, was like, oh, that looks cool. I'd take that. And they're like, cool, come pick it up next week, you know, like, or it's going in the dumpster. It's like a two ton shelf of stuff. And yeah. anyway, so he has to, he's like, I have to figure this out. So he puts it in his office and he takes like a whole week to like rearrange and clean his office. And he divided it up and he's like, had like an epiphany, like I'm going to have a, a hardware store section of my office. And then, uh, and I'm going to have a workshop you know, the mill section of my office. And I thought that was really cool. Like just where you have like an epiphany, like, Oh, I'm going to have zones in my office and they're going to do different things. You know, what I like about it is that is the, it was an external thing that happened. Like you could know that you really need to do this job. You Mm -hmm. need to clean, you need to clean your garage. Heck, you might need even to clean your code base because there's Mm -hmm. some technical debt you want to pay down or something you could even really 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 want to do it but you just won't do it It, it, but all it takes is one little like drop sometimes in this case it was you know access to some new shelving or whatever that seemed cool but it's always something like that isn't it it's like a little you found the good deal on something on facebook marketplace or something and you bought that and that was the first domino and then that all the rest falls but you need that first domino it can't just be like i should get around to that i because you won't yeah no without like time or what extra time on your hands and who has that you know right like oh we should clean up our social login stuff you know you know and the only reason we're doing it this week a little bit at copens because our facebook one broke like the app like timed out or something like yeah yeah we needed new permissions or something like well i guess that's i guess we're doing that now i guess that's the priority yeah no i I have um a blog post actually queued up funny you mentioned that chris uh (laughs) blog post queued up about design systems and just how, you know, a design system is like probably a, in the nice to have range of like a Mm. software pattern. Right. Um, it's like not mission critical to like building a website, like, but it, it is to build a large website, but I, I, it's sort of just this idea of like, I think design systems are maybe like an event triggered phenomenon, kind of like what you're saying. Like, like you don't need it until you need it, you know, like and until something happens or some event happens that triggers the need to do it, you know? So, uh, cause if you're like a, whatever, one person shop, five person, five page website, probably don't need a design system, you know? Um, it's just you and you probably can load all that in your mental brain. But if you're like a, 300 person shop in a 7,000 page website, uh, you might need to figure that out. So, uh, good, good stuff. Hit the button. You've been hitting the button a lot lately. Been busy on the old blog. So, yeah. So, yeah. It, I, I had actually, to be fair, I had a bunch queued up like pre Christmas. I, I was just blogging, you know, Christmas energy, nervous energy or whatever. And you can't leave the house. But like, uh, so I queued up a bunch and then I was like, it's like December 22nd. And I was like, why am I going to post these now? Everyone's on vacation. So, so I, uh, sort of oh, stashed yeah. some drafts and just said, you know, when the new year hits, I'm just going for it. So, yeah. Um, all right. That works. Yeah. Your yeah. entire first page is in the last week. That's amazing. Yeah. No, it's been busy. And I probably have, let's see, I'm, let me 
consult my Notion Kanban here. I've got uh, I've got um, four in final draft status, three in rough draft status, um, twenty two outlined. Uh, six of them are uh, sort of started. So anyway, I'm just kind of. It's satisfying, isn't it? You know, when I hear that, you know, I feel like this week I heard just in my little circles a little bit extra loudness of that, like, I miss the curated internet. I miss the small blog. Where have all the websites gone? That kind of thing. I was just writing about that post. The literal, it's called Where Have All the Websites Gone? So, yeah, I think that one maybe started this latest wave. And then I've been hearing, you know, I got there's like a RSS one from Jason Langstorff that I saw that was a little. Ooh, my mouse just stopped working. It freaked me out. Are you still there? I'm still here. Oh, good. You know, when your your cursor freezes, you're like, was that like a kernel panic or what? How, yeah, how do we yeah. do here? It's a bad omen. It's a bad yeah, omen. Well, anyway, it was, but it, I, it made me feel like I, I don't want to be the old. The, the guy that's always like RSS, 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 but I kind of can't help it because it feels like a pretty good technology still to, if you really miss that, the blogs of old, they're not gone. Yeah. Frustrating. They're just frustratingly, right there. Content does not, <laughs> some content does not delete itself, but yeah, there's lots of good blogs. You want, you want hand curated stuff that you listen to? You can just have it. It's right there. And I was like, okay, well, if I, Sure, fine. Somebody signs up for Feedbin on day one. It can be a little sad and lonely, right? Because I almost don't recommend the, like, I've provided one of these at one time. Like, here's like 200 developers you can follow. Yeah. No. Because it's kind of just, and I do that because I'm just crazy like that. And I've honed it to my tastes over a long period of time. But if you did that, I don't think it's going to hit for you. But mm-hmm. if you do, if you have nothing, that sucks too. But like, what are like 10 then? that you could recommend to somebody to be like, you know, here you go. I think the obvious one is like cocky or something. He's just such a high taste individual. (laughs) Well, that's what I was going to say. Like, um, you know, I think uh, in that, the where have all the website gone by uh, from Jason.com, Jason Velasquez, I think, uh, Velasquez, he talks about curation and missing the curators and the aggregators. And, and I, I, you know, that's, I think like, maybe if I'm going to like give you an uh, RSS prescription, it's, you need at least one aggregator in there, maybe two. Yeah. I see what you're saying. Just to keep it fresh content coming. Cocky's great. Uh, Gruber, probably a good one, like a, a, a good standard, right? Gruber's probably a good one. Yeah. And it's, he's even fun to disagree with sometimes, you know, I know he's not everybody's cup of tea all the time and says boneheaded stuff so tight but that's what makes it fun you know you don't want your stuff too bubbly for sure yeah like i mean you you need people who are good well-intentioned but also dumb sometimes i'm just kidding but like just like people you don't agree with i think that's kind of valuable like i i follow a few people and it's just like wow you're like out there man that's uh, okay cool let's, uh, <laughs> let's, uh, wow all right um but right but i think like uh you know, I, I think that's what makes it good. But then I think, you know, you follow Chris, you follow Dave Rupert, like that's not lock that in, just lock that. In. That's really important. And then, um, you know, I think there's other, you know, I think it's about following people in your network, people you have met, you know, um, you know, one of my favorite bloggers is Nas Hamid. I don't know if you wait shift. Um, I don't know it. 
I've heard of it. Though. Yeah. So he has like, he, his whole thing right now is he does a lot of overlanding. So he takes all these beautiful photos just out in the desert camping or out in the mountains of Utah or whatever camping and stuff like that. And it's just, it's wonderful. It's just wholesome and it's very thoughtful content, stuff like that. So anyway, I just, but I know Nas, and so that's why I follow his blog and stuff like that. So, I mean, start with people you know or like and fo- have followed on Twitter or whatever for a long time. You'll probably like their blog, you know? So, I just, yeah. I just, it, it's interesting to me when people are like, the, you know, where have the websites gone? And then, like, I miss RSS or whatever. It's like, it's still here. It's still going. You can still do it. A lot of people quit putting them on their websites, but they're still there. And sometimes they're generating RSS without even knowing it. So, yeah, it just doesn't feel like I don't I don't want to feel like I'm 100 years old for doing it. I'm like, you're saying you want your own hand curated content from people from real human beings that are writing. I'm like, you can freaking have it. I don't know. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Not that we shouldn't be mad about algorithms and stuff because it is. Oh, man. There was an awful lot of that there for a minute. But you're kind of showing your hand too, aren't you? You're kind of being like, I'm still on Twitter a lot. <laughs> that's what you're feeling. <laughs> you're sort of, yeah. I, I went went in and posted some stuff, um, you know, because I, I had a question and I thought Twitter might be a great place. It was not like six people mm. engaged with it. But um, it's, it's just, I don't know. I, not to throw anyone under the bus. It's just interesting who's still there. You know, there's definitely a vibe still there, you know? So I don't know. I just prefer Macedon. I'm settled in. I know it's not for everybody, but. I'm settling in more and more. It just seemed like that the web tech, that's where web tech went. Yeah. Uh, at least for the most part, you know, mm-hmm. um, I don't see like the React community embracing it so much, but whatever. Um but yeah, like if you're going to like ask a web tech question or have a thing on that, I'm going to get 10 times the engagement on Mastodon now. Yeah. And it's like, okay, that's good. That's what I wanted. And that's what I got. So rock and roll, you know? Yeah. No, that's great. I mean, I, I definitely feel the like shift because I get bug reports on Mastodon for my open source projects instead of on, <laughs> instead of on Twitter, you know, like, hey, you're your blog is missing a semicolon. So, oh, well, I'll fix that. This episode of Shop Talk Show is brought to you in part by Jam. That's jam.dev. Awesome URL. Go to jam.dev slash shop. It's a really clever bug reporting tool, and it's for internally on Teams. It's like imagine you're in Slack with a fellow developer, and they send you a thing like, oh, on the item page that's like broken or something. You get some, and I'm super guilty of sending this to people I work with. Just thinking in my head, like, oh, well, just go to the item page and look then. You'll see the error, too, if you're on my branch or you've pulled master or whatever. But maybe they don't see it. You know, like that's not enough information. Like what if it was effortless to still be that lazy, (laughs) but also give that other developer all the information they could need to make sure that they can reproduce that bug? Because it's just as easy as taking a screenshot. Like if you see the bug and it's visual in some way, which is that's my job in the world, you drag a screenshot over it in the browser, and then you can optionally annotate it, like point at it or write something if you need to or whatever, but you don't even have to do that. But by 
virtue of you having done it in the browser, you get all this additional information, like all the console output is there. So if there's an error in the console, which is highly likely in a JavaScript application, they'll see that without you having to like remember to screenshot that or copy and paste it or whatever. And the network requests and all the information about the browser that you're in at the moment and version and on what operating system and device and all that stuff. Reproduction steps, you can add comments to it too, but you don't have, you know, what you have to do is just take a screenshot quick and be like, this is a bug. Effortlessly small, what a clever product. And then that becomes the bug report. So check it all out at jam.dev slash shop. I love it. All right, let's see. So, you know, this is a nice opportunity to get into it is that there was some news about speaking of like social networky kind of things. You could call Substack that, you know, people think of it as like, oh, it's a place to host a newsletter and then maybe start charging for it too. That which requires some knowledge and infrastructure and know-how and stuff to pull off nicely. I think they're probably the most famous pays, paid newsletter machine. And the more famous they got, the more people choose it, you know, in a way it's which, you know, good, good, good for them. And then got into some, they just published one of those like manifesto-y kind of things that, that it's like free speech means free speech kind of thing. I don't want to mischaracterize it. I'm sure you all have seen it. It all, it, the word Nazi, I had to read more times than I wanted to in the last couple of weeks. Mm-hmm. Then they, mm-hmm. of course, back down, but but just a little bit, not to the complete satisfaction of the most maddest of people or whatever. And then ultimately ended up in quite a few people in my bubbles leaving. Uh, garbage day and today in tabs and the platformer was a really big one that left, right? That, you know, and I, I'm interested in that because it's, you know, it's a, I don't know, movement like that is interesting. But it had me thinking of a couple of things. One is it's pretty interesting that they allow you to export your your paid subscribers elsewhere. Yeah, yeah, that's weird. Isn't it? Like, why, who does that? That's a pretty, that's actually pretty darn cool of them in a way. Yeah, I mean, to be fair, I think it's, they're your subscribers, but but it is their platform that enables it. But um yeah, it's weird. Like the whole thing, it kind of started right. Like it, I feel like it, it started like in a this weird moment where, where newsletters were kind of hot and they still are, but but where like there were some layoffs in news orgs, like you know, like switching to video and stuff like that. So people kind of just jumped on it. Journalists and like good journalists jumped on it because uh, as a way to make money. But then, yeah, it's just kind of... It had a similar spirit to like we were just talking about, right? Like, oh, I miss it when, you know, an individual person is talking to me and saying stuff. It's not just algorithms. Yeah, that that's how we got Substack. Right, it's you know? not clickbait news. And then, yeah, it wasn't clickbait news. It was just like, it, it was like authors kind of just on their own kind of self-funded you know and and you got some good content out of it i am curious of when it matters and when it doesn't so this was a big blow up for substack a lot of people left that again from my bubble but what i don't have a good sense is of is it does it matter to substack or not or does it just seem like it matters because sometimes it, it it's just really hard to say like sometimes it can be a really big deal for companies to have a 
a big problem like this. And sometimes it just doesn't. Sometimes it seems like a big deal. People tell you what a big deal it is. And then in the end, you're like, that did, <laughs> didn't do anything. I remember there's blackouts on Reddit. I was pissed. I And I I actually did. I don't, I never open Reddit anymore. Unbelievably wow. to me. I'm just totally gone from it. Because I, you know, the app that I used got gone and I think they did a bad job with that and it made me mad. And then I, and then I just was like, well, screw it then, you know? And I just, that was the end for me, but did it affect actual Reddit? Absolutely not. Huge waves of news, whatever. Reddit is just exactly how it has ever been. It just absolutely didn't matter. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, there's, you know, yeah, it is interesting what the tipping point is for you. And then what's the tipping point for everybody, you know? I mean, you know, I, I think, I think when like, it's like Nazi white supremacist stuff, you need to really start, <laughs> you need to evaluate where you're at, you know, are you in, uh, uh, I don't know. I, I, like, are you in like Berlin in World War II or are you saying, I'm not going to do that anymore. I'm leaving, you know, like uh, you need to, like, who are you enabling? Who, like what system are you feeding? And that that's like, like I go to Twitter and it's just, it's just the trending topics, the algorithm, the rage, like is just so like, it's a noisy room and it's just like, I want out of here. I don't want to contribute to this. I don't want like, I don't want this to, I, I, it's just so much is going on there. I just don't want to do that. That That's like a, it's a, I don't want to build up that platform anymore with my tweets and my jokes and my goofs and my code. Yeah. I don't want to contribute. So same with Substack. It's like, if you guys are kind of like iffy on the whole, like, like Nazi information dissemination thing, maybe I don't want to be on your platform, you know? And, And I think they clarified or tried to, they kicked some people off, but I just, I just don't like where I I believe in the freedom of speech, but when it's like this speech actually results in people getting murdered, like I'm just like, maybe I don't like that one, you know, Uh, maybe I'm not supportive of that. Yeah. Like all the way, but you know, somebody could probably leverage the same criticism of, of Mastodon. Like it's, you know, nothing stopping Nazis from starting a Nazi web server. Well, that's an interesting thing. So it, it, it ignited this conversation about infrastructure, right? Is yeah. that is Substack just a tool and they can just sit back and be a tool or whatever to, to the point where some companies that are in that infrastructure bucket get a pass like that, that people don't, you know, I was compared to Ghost at one time. That's just like, I don't know, it's just like a CMS thing that you can use. Right. So like people aren't mad at Ghost because there's this one Nazi guy that uses Ghost. You're like, well, it's just like people aren't mad at, I don't know, Tide for Nazis washing their Nazi uniforms with Tide. You can't stop that. It's just some Nazi just bought some Tide and did that. Like, right. You know, like, I, you know, it's not like there's a Nazi in a Tide commercial. It's like a different thing. But it kind of got brushed aside. You're like, that's not what Substack is. Like, mm-hmm. I just got an, a newsletter this morning that was like, here's some suggested reads on Substack, you know? And they have this Twitter clone thing in there. Like, they're not just infrastructure. It's straight up a social network. 
that requires moderation and all that stuff. It's just, it's not the same. This is related. I'll tie it back. My, my whole family's on Duolingo now. Like I'm doing Japanese and Klingon and piano and um, uh, my son's doing Japanese. My daughter's doing French. My wife's doing Spanish uh, for her work. Like we're all on Duolingo. It's kind of w- weird in the mornings to hear like four languages going all at once or whatever. <laughs> but uh, so it, that's fun. That's fun. But I, I was telling the kids like, it, you know, Duolingo is great. It's fun. It's, it's, you know, you're learning a language, but it is not like a language learning platform. It is an engagement driven business. And so they want you to be on it as much as possible. You know, it's like I log in, they're like, Hey, here's a 20 minute, you know, uh, double XP reward. So now you're doing this, like now you got to spend 20 minutes on here and we're going to serve you an ad after every single puzzle you solve, you know, or every single dopamine hit you get and so it i i like duolingo i'm not saying it's bad but it's it's a it's a platform for engagement and i think that's the same with with substack it is very much a platform for engagement you can't even scroll an article without getting like a subscribe now sign up make continue reading you know like Mm -hmm. it's an engagement driven business and if they're gonna drive engagement they need to make sure they're driving engagement to not Nazis, um, hopefully. Oh, gosh. Right? It's a pretty simple line, man. Oh, you know, it's just like, I know, like, it's okay. just like right there, you know? We have uh, this, you know, we have admin tools on CodePen. We really don't have this problem, and I don't want to have this problem, of course. But, like, I just, I'll make this promise to you right now, and I'll make it over and over, and I'll write it anywhere you need to see it. If somebody puts some Nazi pen on CodePen... You're just gone forever. I delete it and you and everything you've ever made and every Zero comment remorse. you've ever left and everything. Yeah, it's <laughs> yeah. just so easy. It's just like not a, what What are you talking about? I, it, that one's easy and I get the content moderation as a whole isn't always that easy and sometimes can be very overwhelming and difficult and emotionally challenging. I'm not trying to trivialize any of that. I'm trying to say if there's a Nazi, which I, I don't want to keep saying the word because I don't want people to be desensitized for it. But you know what I mean? Like that it doesn't mean anything because you've heard the word too much. They made people ovens. It's not cool. It's yeah. really bad. It's very bad. That's not OK. Yeah. No. Yeah. It does. It's like it says it said so much on the Internet. It feels like a joke, right? Like it's just, you know, but it's like these were people in power that did atrocious things like for racism basically and anyway could you imagine that and then now you're some rich white boy ceo and you're just like well i just but i don't want to kick him off though like where where did you where's where's your mom what does your mom say we're an ideas marketplace really (laughs) the 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 like genocide ideas marketplace that's great cool man wow You've really, you've really. <laughs> so we'll see if it matters for them in the end, you know, because it's, I don't know. It could, it, it, you know, the, their balance sheet could say that the 50 more people like the people in my bubbles can leave. Up. And it, yeah. doesn't, it doesn't mean anything. I don't even have to downsize or anything. So, the, you know, oh, there's a couple other shutdown stories that were kind of interesting. Artifact was the one by the Instagram founders. Um and they just start calling it. They're just like, the oh, market's really? not big enough. We're done. Bye. 
Yeah. Uh, which was, which was, I had it on my phone for a while. I was, I was kind of in agreement with uh, Gruber's main argument against it is that like, so it's for news and it, it learns what kind of news stories you want and then shows you those news stories. Then you click them and read them, but you click them and read them in in that browser that will not honor your ad blocker and the mobile internet, especially media sites are notorious for being absolutely awful reading experiences. And so that that's just what you're subject to. And so it was just like, well, how do you be this? That's your main thing. And you aren't, you're just not going to solve that somehow. That's really strange to me. But it seemed like they had a lot of traction. There's a lot of users. They pivoted at one point to being like, you can post your own news. They added like comments to it that seemed to be pretty popping. So like, you know, maybe it's not the crazy growth numbers that they were looking for, but that's such a predictable bummer to me. They'd be like, Oh, we're not as big as Instagram was. Okay, turn it off. Yeah, no, wild. Like, and yeah, it's it's the the scale thing. Like, you have to be a certain scale to even be valuable in that world, you know. So, and I see both sides of that. So, I don't quite, I don't know what the right answer is. Like, should they have published usage numbers, or you know, like, how do we know as users when? If if danger is coming, what promises are being made? Because it's none. So there's that. But it's it's you know it's it's like the, reminds me of the Google graveyard. You don't know when Google's going to kill something. You know, now people just assume that Google will because they do it so so often. But I don't think it stops people from using new Google stuff. Yeah, it's uh it's hard, man. I, I've been thinking a lot about um. This is another blog post I have like half drafted up, but like it's really easy to like spin up an app. You know what I mean? Like npm install, bloop, bloop, bloop. Like I got an yeah. app, you know? Uh, I got a pretty big app. Bloop, bloop, bloop. A few more installs. I got a very big app. I'm like, got a very big. This is actually hard to maintain. I should hire people. I should get VC, go get money. Bing, bong, bing. I got money. I'm going to hire more people, build more app. Boom, boom, beep, boom, beep. And like, it's so easy kind of to build right now. <laughs> like, I, I feel like it's artificially fast. And, and like, so you build something that's like almost too big to maintain, you know, like, and so you end up with all this stuff that's like impossible for like, you know, 10 people to maintain and 10 people is at least a cool, you know, million a month burn rate, you know, or whatever. Yeah. So, is that right? Or a ten million people? a year, ten people's million a year, or whatever. But like hundred k yeah, a month. Yeah, that's even low. Rate. That's you know, depending on the, not not ten top tier devs. Yeah, right, right. But like, like I'm just shorthanding. But and that's a good seed round, a million dollars, which is higher than lots of places get. You know, I was just Andy Bayo's this good story about Elo, E L L O. I remember them kind of fell out of brain, but they were trying to be this advertising free social network company thing that. Um, mm-hmm. Th- their initial round was 450, you know, but yeah. that was even controversial because they didn't really uh, tell the world that they had VC backing and then they got two uh, more rounds and the VC just ate their soul. And so kind of a predictable story in that way. But yeah, that's not enough money, even though that seems like it just, and it should, I think, to everyone listening, $450,000 is a lot of money, god darn it. You it's know? a lot of money. But, but, but running takes, a company, uh, yeah. It takes t- a lot of $10 accounts to pay that back and keep staff going, you know? That's, yeah, uh, it does. That's the hard thing. So It does. Um, that's why, no, it's just no wonder to me that companies, when they, when they, when they sniff enterprise, 
they just want the they want a full snorted line of enterprise juice, maybe. I want a nine hundred dollar account. You I'm know? gonna learn how to play golf. That's great. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Just amazing. One enterprise client though, it can it can break your back. You better be ready for it because the requirements of the few that we have at CodePen just unbelievable. Any day of the year, they could be like, "Oh, we have a new thing where you need to send us the last eight years of your financial history or something as a company in order for us to keep the account." And be like, "Oh, cool. I guess that's what we're doing today." You know, or like, "Oh, we yeah. have a new vendor policy where you know we're going to have a seven-hour call. This is not even a joke." coming up here that I have to attend. Are all, are all the numbers 32-bit integers? Oh, God. Uh, I don't know. <laughs> I once answered a thousand question vendor onboarding survey. Wow. You have to have special kinds of insurance. It's just amazing. But then it's like, but they're trying to, it, it feels like a joke, but they're trying to be like very, very, very serious about yeah. who they work with, how they work with them. Because it'll be something like, uh, you know, it's the government or a bank or something. And you, as a consumer, you want them to be that serious about right. who they work with and, and how and all that. So it's, it's kind of fine, but it does, it means you can't half, half, but it, you know? Yeah. Yeah, definitely. It's, it's a different world. I've, I've filled out a few of those like questionnaires before and you're just like, I don't know what that is. So <laughs> let me do a quick Google. <laughs> Maybe is the answer. So yeah, yeah. And it's some of them they allow fuzziness on because it's kind of like, do you have a policy about your data retention in, you know, this country? Or <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Do I have a policy? No. No. Yeah. Do you have any Azerbaijani uh, data stores? I mm. don't think so. That's not. That's amazing what you get, you know. I would, I would be interesting to... <laughs> What's crossing my mind too is all the like all the the companies that shut down, you know, that that's classic that you try really hard and you can't make, you know, a lot of startups don't make it, whatever. Unless, Dave, you're an online code editor and then every single one maintains themselves for eternity. <laughs> you know, like, God dang it. Will one of you fail? <laughs> yeah, it's a bad year for startups, except for online creditors. Those are doing great. <laughs> just fine. Yeah. Uh, no, which well. is it's just I'm just joking mostly. It's actually I really don't want anybody's URLs to be ruined or anything like that. It's just it's just funny hearing other people's industries and being like, ooh, we we succeeded because we held on and be like, I've been hanging on for a long time. <laughs> and it's, all that's happening is more people are hanging on to the rope. Yeah. Know? Yeah. Yeah. I get I get that. We had a weird thing with Paravel. It's like uh, you know, we're doing client services and then like all of our quote unquote competition, like just got jobs at Facebook and stuff. And we're just like, what's going on? <laughs> like, where is, you know, so it was good for business, but it was also just, it was just weird. It was just like, yeah, should I be getting a job at Facebook? <laughs> Cause this is what's I going remember on? there, there's an era where agencies big and small would just be like, Oh, we just all work at capital one now or whatever. And you're like, yeah. Is that how that's supposed to work? Yeah. Like RGA and, Teen and Lax and all these, you know, just big shops were just like, goodbye. And we're like, what the heck? Some weird times. Yeah. Do we raise our prices, lower them? I don't know what to do with that. It's a, yeah. It, I don't know. I feel like we're in another weird time, just 
in you know conversations I've had. Is, you know, it's just another weird time for people. So I think. Uh, oh, I think so, and and mostly not good. Like the the heyday of just being able to be like, I'm in tech, so I'm rolling up into some job. Yeah, maybe not right now. Yeah, yeah, it's different. You can't just yeah, you can't even like just know JavaScript. You got to like know everything. So. Or I don't know, or people are more picky. They have more, it's a whatever, seller's market or something. So, so what, it's w- weird times. Uh, Charles Beetle wrote, writes in to the Shop Talk Show question box. Are you familiar with the Indie Web, capital I, capital W? If so, do you have any thoughts? So IndieWeb.org is kind of the, the home base for it all. Mm-hmm. Um, yes, mm-hmm. I am aware of IndieWeb. I know they even have like get-togethers and stuff. It's, you know, certainly a bunch of stuff has come out of it. It's been around for a long, long time. Uh, even stuff like microformats. Isn't microformats kind it's of an IndieWeb yeah, concept? It's got, it's got a few standards. Uh, IndieAuth, which uh, kind of like OAuthy, I guess. But it's kind of like I could use build my own auth system, you know, web mentions, micropub, um, and web sub, microsub, uh, they kind of advocate for posse, publish on your own site, syndicate elsewhere, sure. or pesos, publish elsewhere, syndicate to own site, which I, that's kind of my vibe, I think. Um, and then, yeah, microformats, HCard, RHEL, me, all those, all those little microformats. So. so they grew up out of this thing, which is really just a community group, right? Because I don't think they have any power or anything aside from just being respectable and having past successes and such. Yeah, I feel like you know, like uh, Jeremy Keith and uh, Tantech have kind of been involved in this over years. You know, I don't know if they do it uh, like full time or anything, but. I feel like they've been involved yeah, I don't over know time. Like, is there a president? I don't know. I'm sure I could just read this stuff. That makes for bad radio to just have no idea. But <laughs> yeah, I, I, I think of it as mostly as this overarching philosophy. It means like own your own your little part of the web, own your domain name, own your website, publish mostly on your own website. If you're going to publish elsewhere, you know, use APIs and such to do that. That all kind of falls into the indie web bucket. And I mostly agree with it all. I don't know. I don't know. It's, I don't know what else to say about it, really, that it's worth checking out, I guess. But it's it doesn't mean that there's like a tutorial that you follow and now you're indie web or something. Yeah. I feel like even though I use WordPress or whatever, that like that's pretty indie web B to me. Yeah. Yeah. It's almost like a, a culture. Right? You know, I think there's like, you know. I think like microformats is a great example is just sort of like, this is not a spec. This is not, you know, something you have to do, but if you do this, we can maybe start doing some cool stuff. Like we can maybe start building browser extensions or, um, is that old website in the day that Anil worked on the, I don't know. Was it heavy on microformats for some reason? Yeah, it was big on microformats. It just would like aggregate stuff and then like pull stuff out about authors and backlinks and anyway. Yeah. But, um, well, that's an example to me of one that didn't take because mm-hmm. it just doesn't, there wasn't enough benefit from doing it that it felt like, okay, philosophically, I'm going to do this. But it just is like 
good for a future web where everybody does it. Yeah. But then there just wasn't enough incentive or well, something. Well, and then like Google kind of did it, you know, but then I think they kind of switched over to their JSON schema LTD thing um, for just because that was a little probably save them money. Like they didn't have to parse a web page to figure out what products were on the web page. You just send a mm. chunk of JSON and they go, okay, thank you. Yoink, steal. I'm going to, I'm going to serve that up. Yeah. But you'll see little uh, examples of it living on. Like, you know, if you want to verify your website on Mastodon, you have to go to your personal website, link to your Mastodon profile with rel equals me. Rel equals me was a little bit, a tiny part of microformats, or at least yeah, some. Yeah. I think it was, maybe I have that a little wrong, but it's uh, spiritually, it's in the same area. And like that actually has functionality. So people are doing it. You want your green check mark? Use a little microformat. There you go. Yeah. No, I, I think it's cool. I think, you know, the web mentions is kind of the, the like one thing that is maybe like always, always on my like, do, should I be doing this list? You know, like, yeah, I, I think people who do have it are pretty excited because you get so like, the ideas if you, if Dave publishes a blog post and then like if somewhere on Twitter or Mastodon or Blue Sky or anywhere, theoretically, they write something about Dave's blog post that it makes its way back to your blog post and then like you can make a list of, you can present it like a comment in a way. Mm -hmm. I'm very attracted to that idea because it seemed to me like, of course you would want that there. You want it all aggregated in one place. Otherwise it's kind of lost forever. Some yeah. random Mastodon post two years later, which might've had great comments on it. Ain't nobody ever going to read that ever again. Yeah. No one's going to find like, no one's going to be like Dave Rupert, uh, thoughts on chips, uh, comments, you know, no one's going <laughs> to right. search for my seminal blog post on chips. I know. You know. I just, did you see Jonathan Snook just responded to that blog post? Oh, I didn't see that yet. No, that's awesome. Just uh, the other day. Just, oh, uh, shoot, I'm behind. Yeah. Well, so, well you, you'll see it because of RSS, but theoretically your web mentions should have pl plucked that on there. I know you probably don't have it set up. Twice I've tried it too. And it's just, it, I want it so bad, but there comes to be this point where you realize like, and then you go over to Frank's website where he makes, is the actual thing that makes it all work. There's some like intermediary tool that you have to use that does the actual like trawling of the other social media services to find the stuff. I'm like, this whole thing cannot be held up by one tiny little domino from one guy's website. Like that's not going to work for me. Yeah, yeah, that's the you have to like pay, uh, uh, yeah, pay to play, right? But like, it's like one guy's little. You have to have a service that hunts down these links and stitches them together, right? Yeah. So, so that's which is okay. That's I guess I don't. It. That's the weak point. I, I don't have a database, so I'm not gonna like do it, you know. And you know, but but that's yeah, that's the weak point. So. Yeah, I mean, you could, the only way to do it without a database would be some kind of cloud function that when they're discovered, crafts a git commit or something. Mm -hmm. But yeah, that's, yeah, it really, it asks for but a database. WordPress have like pingbacks, right? Pingbacks. Right. As it's published, it looks at the links that you're linking to and shoots them a little curl or whatever. What do you, yeah, I guess it's called a 
ping back or whatever. XML RPC, <laughs> right? Or Just hit some like little that. pingy ding 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 there. And then if that website is set to accept them, which, you know, some are, some aren't, uh, it, it would show up as like a comment there or whatever. That was what, you know, that's you know, WordPress was is famous for having that built in generally still. Uh, how well it works. But it was kind of noisy enough that you turned it off, right? That That's yeah. like, is that where I, if I spend but all the effort. You can turn it off on either side. You can say, I'm not going to ping other sites when I publish. or And you can say, I'm not going to listen for those pings either. So if either of those two things are off, you won't successfully get the thing. I tried to use it the other day. Matt Mullenweg's birthday is like, hey, you know, write a blog post and link to this and then WordPress will see it because I got my my little whatever they call them on ping ping a ding ding i yeah. forget what they're called pingbacks i guess Pingback. but it just didn't work like i didn't see mine show up on his list so either yeah, and i saw others on his list so his must be working properly so there's just something wrong with my server that didn't send the ping correctly misconfigured yeah it was noisy it, it tended to be a little annoying what would get picked up is because is scraper garbage you know, when I was at the peak of CSS tricks stuff, you know, what, a hundred blogs would just steal whatever I published the second I pressed the button. And then some of them would go away, they'd be replaced by more or whatever. They were just, they literally just scraped my content and republished it immediately. And then you'd get a ping back from that. <laughs> you'd be like, oh, yeah. Great. And you're like, so now I've like linked to them. I've given them seo and i'm mm. like yeah like right like that's just a you would if you i i always caught it so there's none of that crap on my site and then i i turned the tables and that's why if you've ever seen this when reading an rss feed they'll be like at the bottom of the post they'll say this post was originally published by whatever that's there so that a, when a scraper site picks it up that they end up linking to you then Ooh, nice and not in reverse so I'm not sure that that got any juice. In fact, it might even be a little dangerous to have a whole bunch of spam sites linking to you. But right. I rolled those dice. I always had great SEO at at CSS Tricks. So I think it's still, it's still you those. Just put, put like a link rel canonical right in there at the bottom. That's good yeah. or something. Yeah, hell yeah, that's exactly what you do. Ooh, nice. Oh yeah, uh, it's interesting. I, I don't know. I think I, I'm traumatized from those spammy days. You know, like where it's just mm. like. Buy FIFA coin. <laughs> Buy FIFA coin. You know? I mean, I think it all just worked better. Yeah, I know what you mean. Penguin bucks and all that. Yeah. You know, like Jeremy Keith takes it so far that he doesn't even reply on social media, like, naturally. Like, he, every tweet, every reply, every everything is a post on his site first, and then it goes out and does what it's going to do. Yeah. And I always thought that was, like, too far for me. Just personally, you know, like, I don't know, I can't, it seems too much. I just want to hit the reply uh, button. It's too micro for me, but, but I, I'm like, I know Jeremy. So I'm just like, that fits his ethos. So I'm like, very cool. Um, where, where like that pesos publish everywhere, syndicate to your own site, like where I actually like this and I'm like having kind of a thrill doing it is like, you know, cause I'm in Mastodon or Twitter or whatever. And I'm just kind of in bullshit mode, you know, I'm just like checking rando ideas out there you know mm -hmm. like like yeah rachel smith rachel smith was talking about how she hates sheet music or whatever and i was like here's 10 problems with sheet music or whatever right but it's not a blog post yet right not like, a blog post yet but i yeah. can take it like I, now that i published it out now i can like 
take that little tweet and expand on it and put it in a blog post. I've done that a few times and I actually kind of like it. You know, it's kind of like, oh, that little thought about cheap music is still rattling around in my head. So I'm just going to like steal my own reply and post it, you know, make it look like a blog post. And then, you know, I, I think that's great. I feel like, you know, I, I think that's a fun way to, you know, if you're in this whole engagement you know, sickness, you know, where you're like, oh, is this a hot idea? Is this my book apart book? You know, tweet something out, see if people respond to it, see if there's anything to that idea. Oh, and yeah, then I love that. Turn it into a blog post, turn it into a talk, turn it into a video or three videos, you know, like there's, there's a way to do that that's wholesome and not scammy and scummy. And, uh, but I think like, yeah, just, you know, I, I think there's, you know, sort of levels of investment, you know, if you feel like you cracked a big idea, you, you got the blog, you know, the, the book apart book, you, I hope you like kind of get it out there a bit and see if people are vibing it. So well, I've always loved that advice as like start on social media, make it a blog post, make it a local conference talk that kind of like grow it up over time, you know, rather than just be like, all right, sit down at your typewriter it's time to write this book. You know, you're like, that's for, for, for a, you know, a nonfiction thought like a, that we end up with in tech. That's not the right path. I, I know, I know a few people who have done that route, you know, just like grand idea, do a pitch, they get a book, they write a book and they, they get injured doing it. You know, that was, a, it was a hard two years because they hadn't been talking about it or they hadn't been like, you know, like engaged on the idea and seeing what hits, you know? So I think that's sort of a, it can be a shock to your system just in like, how do you, you know, and, and now you're committing to like a year or two of writing a book. Like you gotta, that's, that's hard. So yeah. Yeah. Wouldn't it be easier if you had like this pool of already star hearted content <laughs> to sort of pull from, you know? Yeah, theoretically, you know, that's why I, th I thought that would, ha would happen. It still might someday with my email blog. I'm like, if I blog every single week and just accumulate ideas and thoughts and references and stuff that I can turn into a book someday, I still might. But I don't know that, you know, yeah. like it doesn't feel like I'm much closer. Yeah. By doing that but that's that's kind of the point too right that like rather than just assuming you got what it takes to write this book that you feel it out and that if it gets lost somewhere along the way well so be it then yeah yeah and it, it doesn't always work out like i i you know I, a book publisher was like hey we're looking for authors and i was like well i've like been talking about writing a book for a long time but like so i put together a book proposal on like prototyping based on talks and stuff like that. And like, I felt really good about it and sent it, you know, did another round of revisions on the outline and it seemed good. And then it was just like, you know, unceremoniously sort of cut, you know, and it was just like, Oh, okay. That didn't work out. So it doesn't always work out either. So um, hmm. even ideas you think are good and I don't know, I can look back on it now. I may post it on my blog, the outline, <laughs> so, but I also thought about like, maybe I'll just write the book and publish it, self-publish it. You know, if I really think it's still a good idea, I can do that. So, um, but that's more a function of time than, uh, anything. So, yeah, I think that, yeah, don't even think of it as failure too. If it doesn't make it all the way, it's like, you still did something cool. 
you softened the blow of it. It's not really a failure at that point. It's just oh, only yeah. got so far. Well, you want to fail at the outline stage, not at the uh, I published a book phase, you know? <laughs> so, <laughs> right. Well, yeah. That's where you want to fail. So mm, I like that. Let's do one more from Matt McGillivray. I've been freelancing for the past year and able to charge, in my opinion, a healthy hourly rate because I'm established as an expert in a niche JavaScript library. That's kind of cool. All right. Carve it out. Good, Good job, yeah. Matt. I've contributed substantially to the open source project and regularly answers people's questions. Yeah, even in our own Discord. What's up, Matt? Uh, part of my job now, as I see it, is to be active on LinkedIn so that I may be top of mind when somebody realizes that they need assistance. This has got me thinking. Surely each of you have had instances of being contacted for help. I would assume some people would be impressed with your knowledge and what you have achieved and think of you as a fixer where the client would have the perspective of whatever it costs, we know they will get it done. I'm assuming this is not how you make your money. <laughs> yeah, we'll see. Not to mention, it isn't, isn't it nice to have something to work on in the middle of the broken and critical Venn diagram? <laughs> Having said that, I'm curious. What would someone of your status, or incredibly high status too, just as high as it gets, I'd say, charge? How much would we charge? And how? And what about all the thought leaders in the coding space on YouTube and Twitter? Do they solely make money from courses and content, or, or, or what? Is it? Do they use that reputation then to charge money for other things, et cetera, et cetera? That's a good question. Well, I, so the the yacht costs a cool mill uh, a yeah. month to run. So hundred grand just for the gas. So yeah. it's pretty. It's a lot. Um, but so that's so. What would I charge is probably different. Um, uh, you know, I, I I don't know the answer to this question exactly. I, I do think like making content, in my experience, begets things, right? Like like you. You do, you produce blog posts, you get known for a thing like a niche JavaScript framework. Awesome. You know, you're, you might get invited to a conference, you know, that conference might not pay you any money. It's just flights, you know? Okay. Too bad, but it's still good exposure. Like you should do it. Probably you may meet somebody at the conference who's like, dude, I need somebody who knows niche JS. And so they like they are going to hire you for for a job, so that could turn into work, you know. Uh, then you get into like, you know, but then the next conference, they're like, "Well, we have a five hundred dollar honorarium that we'll pay," and you're like, "Oh, that's better than the last one." And then maybe you'll hit the big time, and it's like three thousand, five thousand, ten thousand. Who knows? You know, like, like I, I think it, you have to like. I, I don't think that just happens overnight. I think that happens over time. So that's like where some money happens, you know. I, I'm always like the secret to a successful freelancer is they have a partner that works a stable job that has healthcare. So mm, yeah, that's, there you an, go. that's an option to consider uh, <laughs> a partner that has healthcare. Uh, Triggered being a trophy husband because that might work for you. It's a pretty great life. So, um, <laughs> no, my wife ain't got no insurance. <laughs> No. Um, let's So that's um, like, I don't know. I, I think everyone's situation is sort of different, you know. Um, but, uh, but I do think like being a known quantity helps you, you know. And, and so if like you're very known for niche JS and 
somebody's like, I need somebody who knows that you can kind of walk in and name your price. We did that. We had a React project come across our desk. I know React, but I'm not like day-to-day fluent in it. And so we talked to somebody uh, who knows React and they were pretty expensive, but it was like, you know, uh, if the client's willing to pay that, you know, and we're willing to take that cut, then, you know, I, I think like the, it could work, but it didn't work out because like they hit like whatever business cuts. This was like pre-pandemic, but anyway. Um, yeah, it's cool. It's working out now for you, Matt. Like it's, I would say if that's fun for you and that your situation is accommodating to that and that all you need is like more of it and charging more. Yeah, man, I think you're doing good already or whatever. Be prepared that technology changes, it shifts and flows, you know, it'd hate to be, I, I just feel bad for people sometimes that have this really specific set of, of knowledge in one area. And then like that tech goes away like a flash or something. Mm-hmm. And, and then they just don't like, they just don't want to learn a new thing. <laughs> like, Aw. Yeah. I mean, like, I think like, you know, I'm thinking of like solid or something like that. Like there's probably very few expert experts in it or something like that. Right. Like, so you could, or Svelte or something like that. There's probably more Svelte experts, but Mm -hmm. you get good at it. And then like somebody's like, Hey, our Svelte developer left. Um, Does anyone know Svelte? You're like, that's me. Like I can pitch in, you know, I, I, I think like, you're doing the right things like building networks and you know, you want to be kind of helpful person on the internet. Same could be said with podcasting. I mean, I, I'll recommend Chris ends every single time I get, cause it's just, he does good work. So there's, there's not many people out there who will just like do really great job editing your podcast and, and be nice about it. So, yeah. What Matt really wanted was was dollar amounts. So I'll tell you, I I kind of just don't have time that much to help people super directly with with stuff that's not like my wife asking me really nicely to fix the <laughs> the school gala website or something. But I almost considered one over break that was like it looked like a legit freelance job and it looked kind of easy to me uh, or just like really up my alley just like like this niche javascript library is for you matt in a way uh and i'm like i'm just too busy with my life at CodePen. we're like working on 2.0 it's like a really big deal i need to spend all of my time and effort towards that kind of thing but i was like man if i was gonna do this and i even quoted him on it as like a like i'm not saying yes but like just to make sure we're in the same ballpark how's 20 grand for the month a month of work because i do i know i can't count hours like i my brain i just I just can't do it right now. You know, I'm sure if I was destitute and somebody asked me to do it, I would be happy to count hours. But at the moment where I'm at, I'm like, I'm not going to click a button and like write down little invoices of that. I worked on January 18th from 1 PM to 2 PM. You know? So I was like, I'll just quote you for the whole month, which is about how long I think it will take to achieve this product. So that's, that's, and they sounded fine with that. So uh, I didn't do the job but that's the kind of the number space I was at. I, I probably, I'm probably similar. I in my brain, this is like, you know, I, I think that like 20 K a month, you know, is like kind of on par with what I was thinking. Like for me, it's like, I, I don't have a hard number, you know, everything's flexible, but, it, but like a thousand dollars, a day or something. So if I look at a site and I'm like, okay, it's like 10 templates, but I can probably do 
the first one will take me eight hours to set up. That's like a full day. And then uh, probably four hours per page after that or something like that. So I can just kind of like run some math on it and and be like, okay, that's like a five-day deal. Um, and that's maybe, let's say $1,000, $5,000 or something like that. So, uh, you know, I could probably like average out to a thousand dollars a day or something like that. And that's all, if that sounds like a lot to you, for sure, for sure. It's a lot, but like, you know, also in America, we like immediately 30% of that is going to uncle Sam, like getting taxed. So like they tax freelancers harder than they tax, you know, uh, uh, like if you're employed at a corporation. So, um, that would be something, you know, immediately all that goes off the top, you know? So, yeah, it's like a safe way to think of like, just right. Just cancel half of that. Yeah. Just be like, if it sounds like a lot, it, it kind of has to be a lot because so much disappears suddenly. So, you know, right. you know, I'm not, it's not like I'm buying a new car every month or something with that money. <laughs> so, <laughs> you know, new me. Yeah. Every month. So and it's, it's, it's also, we, it's like not every second of your day is, is, is paid, you know, so you have to yeah. make up for those time too. There's like, yeah, like you can also like crunch your budget and figure out what you need to make. Like what's, what's like a, uh, end up in the black, right? Like uh, you're just like, we are net positive on money. And then you're like, cool. I want a vacation. I'm going to tack on some money. Uh, I have to make a little bit more so I can take that vacation in June. And then, you know, if you're like, okay, I want to like put this much into retirement, I need to make this much money and then work backwards from there. I'm not usually good at that, but I know yeah. like, uh, Brad Frost has had success in that. If you're like, even like, I want to retire early at 55, like, cool. These are your money-making years. You need to kind of just make it, you know, as best you can. So, um, and so maybe you just overcharge and you just until, you know, they're the old double it until people say no, you know, that's also hard advice to give in the, uh, this economy here, but, um, but you could try it if you got a lot of inbound. And if you're an, truly an expert in niche library, niche JavaScript library, I, I think people, you'll find people who will pay it. So I like it. Yeah. Just be more considerate with what you're doing. Sounds like you're doing pretty okay at the moment. Might want to roll that into a course though. I'll tell you that too. You know, if you're the niche guy, it doesn't, uh, it's not giving away the secrets, you know, it's almost establishing you more as the guy in this case. Yeah. Pull a Kent C. Dodds test, react testing. You become the testing person and then now people are just giving you testing bucks. People love <laughs> testing. <laughs> What do you think it is? What it. What is the niche JavaScript library? Would you guess? I'm going solid. Solid. I'm getting solid. Feels solid. Svelte. 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 I was kind of thinking green sock somehow. Ooh, that's a good one. That's a good one. Like I don't know. Yeah. No idea. Because you meant, but he would maybe would have said forums, but I don't know. Like what comes up in our Discord a lot? I don't even know. I mean, like I just like a. I just haven't totaled it up. It's not like I'm not in our Discord. Yeah, is it our Discord or is Matty in our Discord here? Um, let's see, Matt, 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 Matt. I'm looking. So I should know this, but um, anyway, uh, we have three Mats. We have a lot of Andrews and a lot of Mats and a lot of everybody's. But anyway, it could be any Discord, really. If you're in the uh, technology-specific Discord, that's a great place to, you know, build your brand there. Yeah, it so. is. 
All right, y'all. Good stuff. Next episode, we should have mentioned this at the top, is number 600, which we've got some write-ins for, which is so we're definitely going to be uh, tackling that subject of what's the web look like in 12 years, which is, you know, as long as we've been on the air, doubled. And, uh, and some interesting thoughts came in over social media and email. We'll take both, you know, lovely stuff, good ideas, all away from, you know, some very futuristic things to some very like HTML and CSS will probably be around. Probably question. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Either one. I like the extremes. Keep them coming. I'm going to do a spoiler. We'll have at least one new element. Boom. <laughs> 12 years. 12 That's years. about how fast HTML moves. We're getting so. one element, baby. Slow like brisket, right, Dave? Slow like brisket. Uh, all right. Well, thank you, dear listener, for downloading this in your podcast. Or Be sure to start our favorite up. This will people find out about the show. Follow us on Mastodon. Um, what is our thing? Uh, shop talk show at front dash n dot social. And uh, then join us in the discord. That's uh, where the party uh, is happening. And I want to give a big shout out to our new chief meme officer, Ginger. Uh, <laughs> just bringing home the memes. Well deserved. So, well deserved. Uh, it's our first promotion in the old discord. So congrats, Ginger. Uh, and uh, yeah, thank you. Uh, Chris, you got anything else you'd like to say? Well, shop talk show.com. Beep.